Hello and welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Trey Scott, joined by college basketball's all-time career assist king, Jerry Meyer. And joining us today is college basketball insider, Evan Daniels. Uh, Jerry and I thought Evan would be a good guest today because Evan's got a story out on 24-7 Sports on the, the trend of elite high school basketball talent skipping college and uh, finding ways to play professionally. Before we get into that, uh, just remind everyone to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, we're available on, on Citrus, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, let's get started. Hope you guys are doing well. Evan, I'm going to start with you, and we'll just kind of kick it around with Jerry as well. So I think RJ Hampton was kind of the inspiration for, for going out and reporting the story, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. He was, uh, he's definitely, um, maybe not a trailblazer in this instance because guys like Brandon Jennings and Emmanuel Moutier, uh, Jeremy Tyler all come to mind in terms of going and, and, and looking at the professional options. But I think RJ Hampton is kind of re triggering something, uh, among the high school landscape. And there, now there's more options than ever in terms of skipping college and, and doing other things. And, and that's kind of what, uh, I guess that's kind of what the inspiration of the story was. I, I think I think uh, not just elite prospects, but um, a variety of prospects in, in basketball are valuing college less now more than ever. And we've seen, do you guys think we've seen this pick up in like, like literally the last two or three classes? I mean, it feels like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think really, um, if, you, if you look at it, three of the last four years, a player that skipped uh, college basketball was drafted in the first round. Uh, and then that, that lone year where somebody wasn't, Jalen LeCue went pro out of Brewster and signed a four-year deal with the Suns um, last year. And I, I think part of it is there's, there's more options. The NBL has created um, you know, a program called the Next Stars that's basically uh, put in place to try to get high school players to come there and groom them. Uh, but now you've got guys sitting out and just training uh, which I think is interesting. Uh, I'm curious mm -hmm. your thoughts on it. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I just think there's more options now, and, and, and kids are looking to do something different and, and just don't value college or the experience of college like they used to. Jerry, I'm going to read this quote out to you. I kind of want to see what you, what you think about it. This is R.J. Hampton's agent, Happy Walters, of Catalyst Sports to Evan. R.J. didn't dream of playing college basketball growing up. He always dreamed of playing in the NBA and what was going to get him prepared the best for the NBA and get him prepared the quickest. It seems like people are starting to devalue, not just necessarily RJ Hampton or Happy Walters, but devalue maybe what the college basketball training regimen can, can do to a player. What's your opinion on that? What's your take on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like, like Evan said, there's more options. Um, plus, these guys are only think they're going to play in college one year. <clears throat> so that kind of devalues it. Where it used to be viewed, you would be there more than one year. And to me, a big deal is RJ made like a proactive decision. It seemed like a lot of the guys in the past, there was some sort of cloud academic like eligibility or had their amateurism been jeopardized. I don't know what to make of Jeremy Tyler. <laughs> he left as a junior <laughs> in high school. That's Jeremy Tyler world. <laughs> we'll put that in the anomaly category. But to me, that's kind of what I noticed with the Hampton thing. It was like proactive and... We're thinking outside the box of strictly college. We make this decision. And then, like you said, not even elite players like a Terry Armstrong, right? And then Kenyon Martin's kid. 
that's kind of like, dude, are you even good enough? <laughs> you know, but you are good enough because there's more options now and they're better options. Yeah. Is there anything that college basketball has done or I guess not done in the last few years that's been a direct result of this? Obviously, these players can't get paid outside the, pri- you know, the price of a scholarship. <clears throat> Basically, if Kansas could pay R.J. Hampton, would R.J. Hampton be going to Kansas? Or is this really, Evan, more about what he can, how he can develop in New Zealand? Well, I think it's a mixture. And uh, I talked to Bill Self for this story. And uh, he, he basically thinks that this is threefold. He thinks, and the main thing he, he mentioned was the thought of having a 24-hour day where you don't have to go to class and you just focus on uh, your training regimen, whether that be on the court or off the court. He said the thought of that to all these kids sounds great. Now, that thought doesn't always turn into execution. Uh, he brought up the the financial impact, and I think that plays a big role in it. Um, you know, these kids can get stipends when they go to school legally. Um, but RJ Hampton, uh, his father told me that they would in the rent, he didn't want to give me the exact number, but, uh, he basically thinks that they'll make somewhere, uh, more than $400,000 on a move like this. When you factor in the endorsement deal, he signs with the shoe company, you know, RJ Hampton is an elite player. He was a top five prospect, uh, in his class. He's got a chance to go, top five to 10 in the NBA draft. So I think like when he does this, he, he demands a little more money uh, than say a Terry Armstrong or, you know, KJ Martin's situation was interesting because he said he was going to do it. And I don't know that any pro options really bit. So now he's going to postgraduate school at IMG with the intentions of declaring for the draft. And I, I, I know I, I, I said a lot, but uh, there, there are a variety of reasons of why kids are doing it. The training that I don't think they're valuing um, not only just the basketball development piece, but also just the experience of college. Because of like what Jerry said is, they already think that they're one and done. They're they they think that in a lot of cases uh, that they're better than they are earlier than they they are. In this story, you have two quotes that are interestingly side by side and kind of juxtapose each other. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to toss to you after I read these. So this is Bill Self. This is Bill Self talking about this trend. I certainly see it being a short-term impact, and it certainly impacted us with RJ Hampton, but I don't know if I see it being long-term because if the rule does change, the one-and-done rule, I don't know how prevalent this will become with the top-level guys. And this is RJ Hampton's agent, Happy Walters. In the future, the numbers will keep getting bigger because other revenue streams will keep coming to teams and players. This is the beginning. So we've got one guy saying, you know, maybe this is the beginning. We've got another saying, short-term impact, yes, maybe long-term impact, no, Jerry... If you're in charge of fixing all of this, if you're, you know, or maybe if you're looking at, is this hurting college basketball? I guess my two questions to you are: Is it? And then how does yeah. this get fixed from the college? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's hurting it. Um, me personally, as a viewer, <clears throat> I would like to watch the best players. So I might be apt if they got enough of them together and were playing on some channel. You know, so we got a lot to go here, right? <laughs> I, I'm not worried about watching Terry Armstrong, but if BJ Hampton were on a team with other top players, you know, that Evan and me had scouted and were five stars, four stars type guys, I might possibly turn the channel there. See, that was a lot right there. If I'm a college sports fan, if I'm a Kansas fan or I don't give a rip. I'm going to watch Kansas no matter what. They don't have the same affinity for those guys. Yeah, I mean, you're watching a team. And 
So I don't know if anything gets needs to be fixed. I, you know, I don't think the sky is falling or anything. I would think more kids are going to do it for the reasons um, Hampton's agent said. There's more options. Maybe Bill's take was like he kind of got stung because they weren't expecting this. Right. So if they get rid of the one and done rule, I think that's the short term pain he's feeling. Uh, it's probably going to be easier to read what's going to happen with players. Like we're in a sort of an odd period, um, you know, a gestation period where they're figuring it out. Um, but anyway, those are just some thoughts. Well, and it could change so much. And, you know, if they change the age limit to I, I, one of the questions that I, I had asked um, Happy Walters is like, do you, do you think that kids will still look into the professional options even if they can go straight to the NBA? So if that, that happens, guys are going to the league and then maybe you lose, you know, a couple guys to the NBL because maybe they're not quite ready for the NBA, how many of those kids is it taking from college basketball? Like, look, college basketball is going to be fine without RJ Hampton. They're going to be more than fine without Terry Armstrong or or KJ Martin. Uh, But I think what Jerry was alluding to is like the teams, like the the fan bases are still going to follow their teams. Is college basketball going to miss out on some potential star power? Yeah, probably. They'll just go down a star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone's going to be fine. Exactly. You know? From a fan perspective. Like college basketball really neat. Like Zion made it great. Right. Just to throw out a name. It was star power. If Zion doesn't play, it's still March Madness. <laughs> I mean, they we'll, we'll just be talking about someone else. Now, and he's a rare example of a dude who's like a freak and had all the star power. So I, don't, I, wor- I worry more for the kids because I think – there is something to be said for putting on that uniform for a team, sort of, you're not a professional, sublimate yourself into this bigger picture, have that pressure of a fan base who doesn't really give a rip about you except for how you relate to their school. And there's some pressure. Whereas, oh, I can go off to New Zealand. I I think that it's a different element. And I'm not saying what's right or wrong. But I do think that's what college has to offer. Yeah, maybe you don't get to train all the time. Like, are they really going to train all the time in New Zealand? That's a question. Do, are they going to have that force of discipline upon them that you would have if you're wearing Kentucky's uniform or Duke or, you know, any college? I think there's something to that. There's something to have to go to class. You know, just the regimen of maybe doing some different stuff other than just basketball, basketball. I mean, I, I'm a big soccer fan, and I look at the intelligence and the emotional quotient and big picture thinking of some of these t- uh, soccer players, and I'm thinking that they might have benefited from doing more than just playing soccer all day, every day, mm-hmm. if, if you follow what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, that would be more, more. I'm not worried about college basketball. I'm more worried about these individuals if this decision is actually going to benefit them. And yeah. you had it. You wrote also the the other upshot of college basketball. The is other the marketability. The the players like, for instance, the biggest basketball stars the last two years, Trey Young and Zion Williamson, both benefited by going to college. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Zion Williamson doesn't sign the yeah. the largest rookie shoe deal ever. 
if he doesn't play college basketball. And honestly, him ripping his shoe probably factored into it. Obviously, <laughs> like, there's there's a variety of things that factor into it. But yeah. 100% agree on and Trey Young, the same, same exact way. Trey Young, if he had decided that he was going to go, if he could have gone to the draft out of high school, I mean, Trey Young might not get drafted in the first round. I mean, it's, it's, oh, I don't think he probably would have. Yeah, he, he probably would have. Because he kind of surprised us. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's not going to get the same shoe deal or whatever commercials if he's playing in a different country or even if he's playing in a minor league system. Um, that, that I, was, I think there's no doubt to that. That, that. that was one of Bill Self's you know, strongest arguments. Like, I don't really understand why people don't see that, especially at a school like his. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, Kansas, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, you know, they're on national television night in and night out. And he's, he said, you, you know, you could say what you want about college basketball, but we do a good job of promoting that brand and building brand awareness yeah. with the kids. I mean, it, it Zion, might, yeah. Zion was famous in high school. He had a lot of Instagram followers. He was famous for the dunks, but he got to the point in college basketball. My mom texts me about Zion. It's like must see TV and, and you can make so much more money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'll be in movies. He'll be in commercials. He'll be in everything. Right. Back to my concern, I, I think there might be a lot of short-sightedness. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging anyone's decision yeah. right here in, in the, this discussion. I'm just pointing out, you know, the, the arguments and the possibilities because, yeah, you could go get, you know, 400000 or whatever, but, man, he might be leaving a lot of money on the table by not just waiting a year. You know, do the typical system, and then that four hundred might be you know four million or whatever. One of the interesting things about the story was talking to different sides, kind of of the the narrative, and and talking to one of the NBA executives. You know, his point to me was, we're getting incomplete players right now, and he basically said exactly what you said about the short sightedness, mm-hmm. and these guys aren't showing up ready. Uh, I think he was specifically referring to guys going straight from high school. And he said, if they're not ready, you know, we're not going to baby them. This is, this is the NBA. We're going to churn right through them and move on to the next guy. Some of those guys are RJ Hampton is, is good enough to, to make this type of move and, and potentially excel at if he takes it serious and, and continues to progress. Not everyone is. And I think the interesting part about this is, RJ Hampton doing this has basically, uh, I don't, I restarted a trend, I guess is the best way to put it, but a lot of kids in high school are talking about it. RJ told me a number have reached out and called him asking for advice. You know, Bochamp, who is a five star prospect in 2020, has already announced he's skipping college and he's just going to go train. I think we'll probably see three to five more do something other than college basketball. Yeah. And that really concerns me, that decision. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm really close. I I think you need to play on a team. (laughs) I think you need to have that pressure uh, and responsibility and accountability to a team. You know, so the whole train for a year thing, I mean, that's a little red flag for me personally. How how does the NBA scouts, and we'll we'll wrap up, how, how are the NBA scouts evaluating these guys, whether they're in New Zealand which I guess is normal, par for the course. NBA is great at finding you know, overseas talent. Or if it's just a guy sitting out in training, like what's the evaluation process? What's the extra workload on an NBA scouting department now? Well, the NBA has opened up more and more 
high school events. Now, that's not to guarantee that any of these players are going to play in them. You know, they've always been able to go to Nike Skills Academy and uh, a couple of Steph Curry's camp. They opened up uh, a junior event, Nike Elite 100, which is usually the best underclassmen in the country uh, this year. They opened up some of the USA basketball events, and they can obviously go see some of these guys. Like R.J. Hampton played for USA basketball and won a couple gold medals. So the guys are pretty familiar with him. Uh, a Jalen LeCue, maybe not as familiar with. Luckily for them, Jalen LeCue, who could have gone to NC State but skipped college and now signed a deal with the Suns, um, he was open about the process early in his postgraduate season. So a lot of the teams got to see him live at Brewster. Uh, but a couple of them, the NBA scouts that I talked to for the story mentioned, well, one, we're not seeing them necessarily against, you know, the great competition. You know, if a kid goes to Kentucky or Duke or Kansas or, or wherever it may be, they can also scour synergy for 40 plus games or 30 plus games of them playing, you know, legitimate basketball, you know, some in the ACC, SEC, Big 12, whatever. So there's that factor and that component, but also the NBA scouts are, are also diving into their background and, and intel. And, you know, the truth is, is they're going to a lot of these same colleges over and over and over and have relationships with the assistant coaches, with the GAs, with the managers. So it's easier to get intel than if they go to a random team that maybe they haven't dealt with as much. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Listen to that. Uh, make sure everyone go read Evan's story. It's up on 24-7 Sports. For Evan Daniels, for Jerry Meyer, I'm Trey Scott, and uh, we'll see you next time on the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show.